You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and thank you for joining me today or whatever day you happen to be downloading this show and listening. Thank you for being here today, and I want to call in the helping spirits to be with us here today that we might hold this space well for our conversations about boundaries and protection. So we call out to all of those ancestors in my line, in your line, in the lines of all those who are listening. We call out to those ancestors who bring us all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines, and particularly those who mastered teaching who mastered the art of being here in human form and doing good work in the world, we call out to those ancestors to come forward here today and whisper in our ears that we might hear that which we must know to walk well on this earth ourselves. So we call out to these ancestors to be with us here today and to gather around to hold the space that we might be in good communion. We call out to that deep and beautiful ancient, ancient ancestor of the earth. We call out to the spirit of the earth, the energy of the earth as a being. We call out to her, and from shamanic cultures, we learn that it's the earth that dreamt all life into existence, and we thank her for that miracle. And for this opportunity to stand here today together and to share that miracle, may we each go forward from this time together better able to live that miracle with our breath, with our thoughts and with our actions. We call out to the earth to be with us that we learn how to manifest well in form. And we reach up with our hearts and minds up into the sky. We call out to the energies above to come down to inspire us, to fill our hearts and our lungs and our mind with new ideas, new beginnings, new visions, new breath. We call out for grounding As we draw this energy down into the earth, into our bodies, into our circle, and into our conversation, we ask for blessing, protection, and generosity from these energies. We ask the energies of the earth and the sky to dance within us and to be with us here today. And with each one of you and within myself, I call out to the energy of the heart. call out to the energy of the heart to be with us here today and to be that sacred space, that special space that the heart is. The heart is the same in all realms. And the heart connects all realms. Let us be in our hearts today and draw up the passions of our belly, that fiery knowing of why you are here, and the clarity of the mind to make sense out of those urges and feelings so that we might merge the clarity and the power in the heart so that we can live our soul's one true purpose in this life. So for these reasons here today, we gather <clears throat> excuse me, to talk about boundaries and protection. And so we need to remember that it takes energy and resources to live our soul's purpose. And where are you going to find that energy? Excuse me. I was laughing today preparing for this um, show uh, because my life was conspiring so beautifully to help me get ready for it 
there has been mayhem around my home all day long, noisy, noisy mayhem. And I thought about how there are energies in our lives that simply by their nature trespass. Sound trespasses, um, things like smoke, music. Um, When I'm smudging my apartment downstairs, my neighbor upstairs can smell it. So many things that are are good and beautiful in our lives trespass by nature. And then there are, of course, people that trespass by choice. There is a tree right here outside my apartment that's trespassing on the foundation of the building quite seriously at this point, actually. Things trespass. Energies connect, they move, they blend, they merge, they confront, and sometimes they invade. So what was funny about these these noises, trespassing, I mean, they were cutting down a great big tree, they were emptying the garbage. I mean, it just, it just kept, it was a cacophony. And I thought, how am I ever going to do this show? But I had to laugh because this is the out, an outward manifestation of our challenge to have boundaries and to be protected in our life. And when I speak of boundaries and protection, I am not talking really necessarily about warding off evils or something like that or being in any kind of contentious or confrontive sort of relationship with life. Not that those things might not happen at some point in time, but that's not really the point of boundaries and protection. The point of boundaries and protection is that you need energy to do what you've come here to do. And taking energy from other people and things actually doesn't work very well, although that's how most people are organized in their lives. The energy that you need to do what you've come here to do is the precise energy you can cultivate in the body you have chosen at this time you have chosen to live on this planet you have chosen to live on and in the land you've chosen to live in. These things are all choices. And they all come together to assist you in cultivating the energy that will allow you to live your soul's purpose if you choose to pay attention to that. You can, of course, choose to pay attention to a million other things. Our life is rich and abundant with distractions. Some of them are fabulous and some of them are a complete waste of time. But the point of our contemporary life is there is no shortage of distraction. And this is what we are here at this time, partly to learn, to do, is to focus, to choose. Why are you here? What life have you come to live? And where are you going to find the energy and the resources to live it? So let's begin talking about boundaries. What are they and why do you need them? Well, boundaries, well, let's say step back for a moment. If you were left to your own devices to develop as a human, your boundaries would develop organically, naturally, as a natural response of the energetic being that you are um, living in the energetic world that you live in. And to put that much, much more concretely, your Energy body, which we've discussed before, but basically the energy that runs from above, from the sky energies we call in through your body down to the center of the earth, from the center of the earth back up to the sky, and how that energy then radiates out. You can imagine chakras if you're familiar with those, but you don't really need to. You can just imagine your own energy radiating out 
from your body. And there's a natural radiance. Some people, it's bigger than others. In some situations, you want it to be bigger. In some situations, you want it to be smaller. When you are on the rush hour subway in New York City, you want to pull your boundary in close to yourself and let it become dense and tight around yourself. You can hold your space while everybody's smushed in together. When you're out hiking in nature, your boundary can get big and reach out and touch the plants. Part of the reason people like being out in nature is they get to breathe and open up that energy space and let it um, commingle a bit with the plant world. Both states are perfectly fine and perfectly healthy. Both are appropriate. The thing about boundaries is that they should breathe and be flexible and move with you as you move through your day, as your own energy rises and falls, as your situation changes. So boundaries are fluid and flexible. They should be fluid and flexible and able to respond to your life. So energetically, I said if you were left to your own devices, you would have developed healthy boundaries because it's natural. But most of us weren't left to our own devices to develop, that we were shaped and formed by contemporary forces, contemporary cultures, contemporary ideas. And um, typical in an American culture is there's a gender bias around boundaries. Boys are supposed to have them and girls aren't, which is really unhealthy. Um, There's also um, dynamics in certain families where one or the other of the parents is very vampiric or cannibalistic in their relationship to their children, is drawing energy off their children all the time. Um, Others are distant and remote. There are many, many dynamics within families that affect the way you choose to develop your boundaries. And mostly we get messages all the time from our culture, from the school system, from your religious system you grew up in, or spiritual system, from your family system, all the different systems that impact you as you grow up that tell you whether or not you are or are not supposed to have a boundary. Um, So boundaries are simply an energetic awareness of the edge of your energy. In, In essence, where your sphere of influence ends in that moment, and it changes in every moment in time, and where the energies of others begin, where that um, zone between the two of you can commingle or even separate just a bit. One of the most important things I ever learned in all the different trainings that I have experienced was training with a woman, um, Phyllis Pay, in Oakland, California. She's an excellent, excellent um, teacher of energy awareness. And in the energy readings that she teaches, you learn to create space between yourself and the person that you're reading. It's the most valuable lessons I ever learned. I apply it everywhere all the time, that ability to be aware of where my boundary is or where I want it to be in the moment, and to create some space between mine and the boundaries of the person that I'm with. It allows everyone to breathe and to relax and to feel... Oh, like they have room to be who they are, that they're not being encroached upon. Now, the opposite extreme of that, most of us us have experienced at some time, probably in our 20s or teens, that feeling energetically of being slimed by someone. They sort of joke about that in the movie Ghostbusters. but, But we've all experienced that, people who are very irresponsible with their energy and their boundaries and just allow it to ooze out all over everybody, or ooze it out all over people on purpose when there's um, sexual attraction or kind of predatory energy that 
um, boundary energy can ooze out and slime people. And the truth is, most of us don't really like being slimed. We actually really like the, the breath and the freedom and the openness of having someone pull their energy back a little bit so that we all have space to be who we are and to see each other, to, to be seen. So these are some simple basics about energy um, and about boundaries. And so um, one of the things that I want to talk about is just some of the things I learned energetically by moving to New York City. New York City is one of the world's greatest energy teachers. And so I hope you will join me as we come back from this break, and we'll talk about New York, the world's greatest energy teacher. Thank you all for being with me here today. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and today we are um, speaking of part three in the basics of living well, and we're talking about boundaries and protection. As promised, we're going to speak a little bit about New York. Now, I did not grow up in New York. I grew up on the West Coast. And on the West Coast, there's, at least when I was growing up out here, there was more than enough space for everybody to drag all of their baggage around for their entire life and never transform anything. There's a whole lot of space, and people bring their issues with them. The beauty of Manhattan is there's not room for that. You just can't be dragging a match set of seven suitcases around all the time of all of your unresolved issues from your past. You've got to travel light because there's not enough space because there's so many people all in the same place doing all many, many diverse things. Now, some people find that annoying because in Manhattan, your little energetic toes are always getting stepped on. I found it exhilarating because I was finally in a place that would require of me on a daily basis that I get my energetic life together and that I do my practices and that I really manage my energy and my thoughts because the energy that we're talking about moves in the dynamic in our life where the form of the energy follows our thoughts. And one of the most beautiful ways Manhattan is a teacher is whatever you are thinking you will run into it within three blocks. So if you're cranky, you're going to run into it probably in less than three blocks. But if you're joyful, you can also run into that in three blocks. So what I found in Manhattan, not only, well, I found many, many things about energy in Manhattan, but the most important thing relative to boundaries is there's a whole bunch of ways to strengthen your boundaries. However, for any of those ways to work, you need to have some boundaries first. And that's what I learned. It seems so basic and so simple, but it's very important that you must intend to hold your own space. You must have the intention or the vision in your mind that you have boundaries, head to toe, all around you. Not in any suffocating sort of way, but in a nice, spacious, um, luminous sort of way. And that if you intend to have boundaries even and we're going to talk about what makes for unhealthy boundaries even if you have got all those things on your list if you intend to have boundaries there are many many things you can call in to strengthen those boundaries while you are changing and growing and transforming so that you can maintain healthy boundaries yourself and the simplest thing i mean there's a whole bunch of shamanic ones and maybe we'll get to that at the end but the simplest thing that reinforces your boundaries is song, is to sing. 
And there are songs everywhere. There is the song of the moment. There's the song of the day. There's the song of your heart. There's it's. Think about the way children make up these little songs and sing them all the time. There's songs everywhere all the time. Now, to sing the song of the moment, though, is very different than simply managing the soundtrack of your life with your iPod. Not that there's anything wrong with iPods, but to learn to tap into the song that's present in the energy is an entirely different skill set. And the thing about boundaries is that there's always going to be cracks and tears and holes and problems in it until you become a very serious energetic practitioner. So in the meantime, what are you going to do? You can sing. I sang all the time when I was out on the street in New York. And I was very poor in New York, so I wasn't really protected from much by money or cabs or anything like that. I pretty much walked or took the subway. And I sang all the time. And, yeah, okay, so some people thought I was crazy, but who cares? Because I lived in that city without any money for seven years, and I never even witnessed an act of violence. And that is miraculous in, frankly, almost any city. But I sang constantly, and it reinforced my boundaries. And my boundaries were not healthy when I arrived in Manhattan. And what the song does is it fills the cracks. It mends the wounds. It fills the holes so that you appear to have integrity in your boundary from the outside looking in. You appear to be luminous and filled with with the energy. So... You can sing. There, there are many, many ways we'll talk about how to reinforce boundaries. But boundaries, basically, what are they? They're basically just an energy awareness, an energy structure, if you will, in your energy body. And why do you need them? You need them because it's important for you to contain your own energy so that you can gather enough energy to do what you've come here to do. And we'll talk more about this as we move on through the show. So what makes your boundaries healthy? Well, let's start out talking about what makes your boundaries unhealthy. The single most unhealthy thing or unhealthy thought that creates unhealthy boundaries is the New Age idea that you don't want them. That if everything was perfect and life was working the way that it should, nobody would have to have boundaries. That is not an illuminated or an enlightened perspective. It's childish. The only people that can really get away with not having boundaries are children, and that's why we as adults are meant to be protecting them, because they are somewhat boundaryless, and they need to learn to have their own grounding and their own boundaries so that they can learn in life to protect themselves. And there are certainly cultures where mothers don't do that. And we have jokes about those cultures, about these particularly men with their mothers, but basically these these people that never grow up, they never get off the mother's breast, so to speak. There's even an Italian word, I don't know what it is, but the tra- about a certain kind of man, and it basically translates to a man who's still on his mother's breast. This is not a healthy boundary state to be in when you're an adult. So the, the desire to live without boundaries is a childish desire. The adult understands that to be an energy being in a world of energy where everything is connected, that you need to show up and take a stand and shape yourself 
to contain your own energy so you can find out why you're here and have the resources you need to do it. And boundaries, healthy boundaries, do not keep you from connecting with people. You don't want to have them come up and down and up and down and up and down throughout the day. That a healthy boundary you can communicate through, um, I think of it like a cell wall. The cells in our body have the ability to draw in energies that are healthy for them and to keep out energies that are not healthy for them. And then on the inside of the cell wall, there's they're intelligent on the inside as well. They know what to keep within the cell and what is waste and what to release. And so I think of that as a nice organic image, as a healthy boundary, is like a healthy cell wall. It has an intelligence. It knows what to allow in and what to let out, what to keep in and what to keep out. And so this is a simple way to think about your boundaries. So the most unhealthy thing about boundaries is simply to have the desire not to have them because the healthiest relationships are between people who have who both have good boundaries as a, a natural energetic pattern within them. So obviously your attitude can affect your boundaries. Your attention and your intention affects your boundary. In other words, your practice and your skills. Do you spend any time in the day attending to your energy body, having any sort of meditation towards your energy awareness of yourself, or is that something you just completely ignore? If you're completely ignoring it, who knows what shape your boundary is taking, if any, at all? And we've talked in other shows about visualizations for grounding and visualizing boundaries. So your attention to your boundaries and your intention to have healthy boundaries and then your practice and your development of skills to make that real are, are, are very important. Your lack of it is a reason for unhealthy boundaries. Another issue around boundaries is simply your elemental nature. Um, from a shamanic perspective, um, we all, our bodies all have kind of an elemental nature. Um, it's like the zodiac, earth signs or fire signs or water signs or air signs. And and people that are earthier have a tendency to be more grounded and to have better boundaries, often, not always, often. And people that are very, very airy can often lack grounding and boundaries. And so the important thing is not whether you're one or the other. The important thing is to know what you are and compensate for the strengths and weaknesses inherent in you, inherent in that energy. Because, of course, the issue with many, many earth elemental people is they've got too much boundary and too much um, grounding and they don't ever get off their butts and do what they've come here to do. So there's, um, you know, good and bad and all. So um, another aspect that creates unhealthy boundaries is your history, your relationship dynamics in your family and the expectations from the past that you bring to the moment about relationships and relationship dynamics. Also, attachment to a particular kind of future, just like these little, you know, rainbow children who, you know, want to be hippies and live life with no boundaries and no money and no latrines. You know, it's um, it's it's disrespectful to the dynamics of the real energy in our real system. Um, but that attachment to that future can create very, very unhealthy boundaries. And ultimately, the biggest threat to our ability to have healthy boundaries is soul loss and power or energy loss. And these are um, sort of core shamanic illnesses, or, or I guess I should say 
from a shamanic perspective, these things are at the root of most of our problems health-wise in our life, and they can be at the root of our problem with our boundaries. So in other words, to put that more directly, if we are in a state of soul loss, which most Americans are, that will, by definition, create holes in your boundaries. And these are holes that will not reshape themselves just because you're thinking about it. And so what's important to understand about boundaries is that there are things that we can do in our life where the form won't follow the thought. and It'll be like a rock in the stream of your boundaries. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back to this break. Thank you all for joining me today in this conversation of the basics of living well. Boundaries are Back your host, Christina Pratt, and we are speaking today about boundaries and protection. And as the nice lady just reminded me, we are live today, and you are welcome to call in or email me with questions at christina at lastmasscenter.org. And that is also my website, lastmasscenter.org. So you can, it's under reconstruction, but the old site is up, and you can certainly find things, the calendar and classes and um, information about shamanic healing, etc. Lots of articles, lots of stuff. So we're talking about boundaries and protection. We were talking about what makes for unhealthy boundaries. So what makes for healthy boundaries? Well, like many things, being impeccable certainly helps. But what does that really mean in terms of boundaries? Um, the first thing that will help you with your boundaries is if you can begin to align your words and your actions. And this is one of these things that really burns people because it's one of those universal laws that appears to not be fair. But basically, it goes like this. Let's say you're a cat burglar. Remember to catch a thief. You know, you're just a cat burglar. But let's say you're a cat burglar, but you do a really good job in your life in loving your work, that it's a, you feel it's a true expression of your soul's purpose, and that you do a really good job aligning your words and your actions. You will very likely move further in the mastery of your energy and your impeccability in life than someone who's trying very, very hard to be a good person but is still has a big gap between what they're saying and what they're doing. That many people have a lot of spiritual ambition and try to do the right thing versus being with what they're feeling and speaking honestly and acting from an honest core within themselves. And so that gap between what's really going on inside your heart and your soul and your thoughts and your actions the more aligned those energies are, the more impeccable you will be, the easier it will be to practice, and the more able you'll be to be aware of your boundaries. Otherwise, your boundaries are trying to match what your brain's doing, your boundaries trying to go with your heart, your boundaries are trying to match all these different things, and if they're not aligned, your poor boundaries can't figure out what they're supposed to be doing. So, shamanically speaking, one of the most powerful ways we work our boundaries is to... Start our day calling in the energies of our cosmology, of the world as we understand it, the, the energy world, the real world behind the form of things. And so we call that energy in, all of the help that we're calling in for the day at our altar, usually. And then we step into that energy and have a sense of a boundary around us and that energy so that we move through our day in our own reality. Because if you don't call your reality in, you're stuck living in the reality everybody else is calling in. And we've talked about this many times before. Humans call in what they pay attention to. 
also, you if you don't call your world in and create boundaries and draw yourself into that world, then you will be in the world everyone else is calling in, which is a world of media and pornography and um, caffeine and sugar and insanity. There's a lot of that going on. So that's one of the main ways that you strengthen your boundaries is you call in the world that you want to live in and then you choose to live there. Now, if that's just too big a stretch for you because you just aren't really sure about the shamanic stuff yet, everyone can begin with their body. Just simply begin in your body. You're a human. You're living. You're here on earth. It doesn't matter if you're in a wheelchair or not. You have a body. You're here on this planet. And so there is an earth for you to ground energetically into. There is a sky above for you to reach up to and draw that energy down. You can draw these energies into your belly. Make sure the earth energy goes up and the sky energy goes down. Um, we actually did a visualization about that. If you weren't around when we did the show about grounding, there's a nice visualization in that show to do that. And then allow that core energy to simply radiate out from your torso until it feels... Um, there'll be a point at which it will stop feeling vital. And that's where your boundary is in that moment based on however much energy that you have. Okay. So other things that help you to have a good healthy boundary are, um, one is being impeccable, aligning your, your thoughts and your words and your actions. The other is having no fear. Now, that's a little bit tricky. That's sort of the old-fashioned way to say it. But what that really means is to approach your day in relation in a relationship with fear and courage fear and courage are always together that courage isn't the absence of fear it's a relationship with fear so that we know that we are challenged or that we are about to change something or that there is perhaps danger or risk involved in what we're doing but we choose to go forward and do it anyway that's the courage piece and so courage and fear are in relationships so it's not really about having no fear it's about being in right relationship with fear and if we are transforming, which of course is what this show is really about, is that we must all live investigated lives and attend to the transformation in each lifetime. And my hope is simply to inspire you to begin that process wherever you are. And so so developing a right relationship with fear is absolutely essential if you're going to transform because transformation involves risk. And you have to be able to um, be with your fear and take risks. And this is an important part of cultivating healthy boundaries. There's another thing that they say, whoever they are, which is called staying in the light in terms of having healthy boundaries. But I take issue with that because I'm a good shaman. And in shamanism, we work with the energies, um, with all the full complement of the energy or the power in our world. And some of them are daytime powers and some of them are nighttime powers. You know, some are most strong in the light and some are most strong in the dark. The darkness is a beautiful time of restoration and rejuvenation, of dreaming, of journeying. There is nothing wrong with dark. There's not, so this whole dark light thing that's going on in New Age is not necessarily a shamanic perspective. What I would say is staying in the real energy. Not staying in the light, because that's kind of a dingbat way to look at things. But to stay in the real energy of things. To not be distracted by what's going on around you. To not be distracted by fantasies and lusts and greeds and jealousies and envies. 
but to stay with the energy in the moment, to stay with what's going on within yourself, even if it's uncomfortable. And to to be in the real energy, not only of yourself, what's going on for you in the moment, but to be willing to reach beyond your perception of things and tap into the essential energies around you in their true form. So, again, a healthy boundary begins with your visualization of a boundary, and that visualization should radiate out from your core of your being. It needs to be, it's kind of egg-shaped around a human, a little bit bigger around the head and shoulders, a little bit smaller, you know, the narrow point of the egg is at the bottom around the feet. We're usually most aware of our boundaries from the hips, you know, from the the whole torso and up over the head. Um, It's kind of the working part of things. But the boundaries should actually go down over the legs to the feet as well. The boundaries should be 360 degrees around, right? And ideally, the energy of the boundaries should be consistent all throughout so if you were to play with this idea of this egg-shaped energy around you, do your grounding visualization, and then to let your energy radiate out, and then imagine that you could explore that inner side of the boundary all the way around, most people, when they begin to do that, as they sort of move around this egg-shaped space and sense with their inner senses the quality of that boundary, most people find that there's um, huge gaps in their boundary, that maybe there's nothing in the back, there's often nothing at the sides either, that some parts are very thick, some parts are very thin, sometimes there's zippers or tears. or um, Oftentimes, this is my favorite, oftentimes there's um, attachments like in the Hoover, in the vacuum cleaner, where the hose attaches in. Often people were so sucked in their family energetically that they actually have attachments for other people to come along and stick their hoses in, not to be too overly sexual in my imagery. But um, so basically, to just begin to develop the inner sensitivity to what is going on in your boundary and then to begin to move from what is to what you want it to be. And it's not going to work for you to just visualize what you want it to be. If you never attend with impeccability and patience and practice to what your energy is doing, you will never close the gap between what is and the ideal of what you would like it to be. And this is the great mistake of visualization, is people simply try to will things into the pretty picture in their head and is disrespectful of yourself and where you are in the moment. And things do not change until they are seen and heard and held and respected. So to to notice what is going on, no matter how big a mess it is, is to respect yourself, to see yourself, to hold yourself well, and then to be patient with your energy as you move forward in moving your energy as it is towards what it could be. And the beauty of these energies, unless we're talking about soul loss or power loss or something fundamental like that in your energy system, you can transform it simply by being with it, by being creative, by loving that energy and imagining, well, if I had a great big gap here, big nasty flapping gap here in my boundaries, maybe I could take a thread of golden energy and and sew it up with that golden energy that I'm calling down from the sky. If I have a big old muddy window over here where I want to be able to see out at my heart level of my boundary, but it's all covered with mud and debris from 
all this crap I've been through in relationships in my life, perhaps I could call up some silver energy of the earth and have an imaginary hose, perhaps, and hose down that window and clean it up with this silver energy of the earth. You can be creative. It's fun, actually. You can use the gold and silver energy, which relative to us feels endless, to work with the shapes and the imagery that you find in your boundary and to transform it towards this beautiful, luminous, intelligent bell wall around you. So, we have one more piece here this afternoon, which is to talk a little bit about protection. So as we come back from this break, we'll move on and talk about the relationship between boundaries and and what protection means in this regard today. So thank you all for being with me here today, and I hope you'll join me for the last Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and we are talking about boundaries and protection. Protection. What does this mean? Well, protection is not so much about being aggressive or being concerned about being attacked or worrying about good and evil or anything like that. It really has more to do with the sense of realizing any moment you have a finite amount of energy. You have an infinite potential to develop more over time, but in the moment, you've only got so much energy, and you've got a soul's purpose to live. And so we need, a, we need to contain our energy and protect it so that we can direct it towards those things that are meaningful and matter to us. So one of the greatest protections that we all have access to is laughter. Your greatest protection is simply to choose to live joyfully and to have patience and do your practice. To not take your life seriously. So, I mean, to not take your life and yourself so seriously that you can't find humor in who you were yesterday so that you can grow into someone else today. That it is important to, to step lightly and to go joyfully if possible. That And to do so not in a way that ignores or is somehow offensive to the suffering that is all around us, but to find a way to find laughter and joy in life that has compassion for the fact that all human beings suffer exactly the same way. And that we share in this and that this is ultimately a joyful experience and that that laughter and that ability to feel, experience joy in your life and to, um, for example, you know, for me, if a great scary demon came up to me in my life and was, you know, attacking me energetically, I probably would laugh because it would be more of the sense of, well, it's my life, of course this is happening. And just the, the laughter and the ability to embrace life as it comes. Another very important thing about protection is to watch your wake. And what I mean by wake is in boating, it's a boating term. You're supposed to watch your wake. So in other words, if boats go through a place where people are swimming and doing other things or there's fragile um, plant life on the land or even fragile species in the water, that the wake that boats can make churns things up and creates waves and that can be very damaging to many living things. And so one of the things in boating is sometimes you're supposed to go very slow and watch your wake and make sure that your boat doesn't disturb life around you. 
Well, it's important for us to watch our weight. We may think that we're completely, you know, it, that we've got it all together. But it's important to look back and see what kind of chaos you're creating as you move through the world. Now, a little chaos can be a good thing. And if you don't know what I mean by that, listen to the download of the Crazy Logic um, um, episode from earlier. But we need to be very careful that we are not... um, just damaging things for the sake of being who we want to be and to be careful and to watch our wake. Another aspect of protection is patience. When we reach for that which is not ours, when we strive for to be what we are not able to fund yet, when we don't have patience and ability to be honest and impeccable with where we are, in integrity with where we are, and try to be where we're not to start what we have not yet begun, all of these things of impatience um, can cause us to to overrun our boundaries and our capacity to protect ourselves and get in trouble. Shamanically speaking, there's another piece around protection called putting down your medicine. And what that has to do with is there far too many examples even to discuss in an hour-long show, um, but putting down your medicine is a way of speaking to what are the actions that you take to cultivate your relationship with your helping spirits. Because every shamanic helping spirit, no matter its shape or size or form that it takes for you, is protective by nature. And it is one of the great values of simply learning to journey and developing your own relationship with your own helping spirits is then you can begin very directly to invite them into your boundaries and they can reinforce your boundaries and give you a great deal of protection that you otherwise really don't have. Um, the really important thing to remember about helping spirits, though, is if you don't have any boundaries, they can't reinforce. They need something to reinforce. Even if you have really bad boundaries, if you just be conscious of what they are and call the helping spirits in to reinforce it, they can protect you assuming that you're in a process of learning how to have better boundaries and protect yourself. So why are we bothering with any of this? As we come to the end of this show, let's ask the big why. Why are we bothering? Because you have a choice about what to do with your energy all the time in every moment. And there are some things in life that only you can do. There is no other living being who can do it. There never has been and there never will be. It's you. And that spirit can't do it for you. It's not karma. You don't get a second chance to do it again. Spirit can very effectively help to reinforce your boundaries and help to protect you so that you can focus your energy, but it can't live your soul's purpose for you. If you simply begin wherever you are to ground your energy to create boundaries, to notice what they are, to call your helping spirits in to teach you how to transform those boundaries into healthy boundaries and to protect yourself, you begin to create space for your own relationship with yourself, for your own identity person's relationship with the heart and with the soul. And by the very nature of creating a safe space for those energies to be present within you, you will begin to hear them more clearly. One of the main reasons we can't hear our heart and soul speaking is there's no space for them. There's no resonant space for them to speak within us. And to simply begin to cultivate, 
your boundaries and your protection is the one single action you could do that would most help you to hear clearly what your heart and your soul are trying to communicate to you about why you are here and what it is that has meaning and purpose in your life and how you might then creatively engage the mind and the body and how you're going to go out in the world and do that one thing that you've come into this life to do. So I hope you all can take a challenge, like we had the grounding challenge, to just practice grounding for 30 days. If you didn't like that one, try this one. Try spending five minutes a day visualizing your boundaries, trying to sense intuitively what they are, and call a compassionate spirit in to reinforce your boundaries and protect you in that day and see how your days go. Just do that for 30 days and email me and let me know what happens. So let's say that you actually took that challenge and you did that for 30 days. And that would mean that you actively engaged daily in visualizing your boundaries. And then in doing that, you were sensing in to what you actually found um, as boundaries, whatever that was, and asking for help from your helping spirits to help you to reinforce that. So there was a lot of um, cultivating awareness of boundaries, certainly the first step of the commitment to actually have them and think about them and notice them, but also beginning to learn there's a particular art in visualization, uh, which is about learning to sense with your intuition what is there versus the use of visualization, which is to visualize what we want, um, how we would like our boundaries. For example, in this context, what we would like our boundaries to look like. That there's nothing wrong with that. But the other aspect of visual visualizing and that, that cultivating that aspect of our own intuitive gifts is practicing learning how to access our own way our intuition works and sensing in to find what's actually there because the most effective practices work with both the idea the vision of where we want to go what we would like what we would like our healthy boundaries to look like and feel like and the reality of where we actually are and then the steps are are very um, strategic and um, usually more effective in getting from where we are to where we want to be versus um, another common way of using visualization is just to to constantly kind of hammer ourselves with the positive idea, the positive vision, the positive uh, uh, sense of what our energy body should look like and, and uh, it, it almost becomes an effort to will ourselves into a new way of being and um, whether that works or not I'm not even going to get into that the point of that is it's not as efficient in terms of your use of energy as actually understanding what's really going on in your boundaries and what needs to happen to change it to the positive image that's a much more effective and efficient use of your energy and most of us don't have extra time and extra energy so being strategic and effective and efficient and um, efficacious basically in our actions is actually really important relative to our energy body okay so let's say you did the challenge so then what next okay so relative to our 
um, energy body hygiene. I want to talk about four aspects of uh, this uh, boundaries. What, you know, what are healthy boundaries, and how do we how do we get them? Kind of idea. So, in the first case, there's what I was actually just talking about, which is learning to sense what is going on. What did you find in your boundaries? Did you find great big strong castle walls? Did you find thin gauzy strips of energy? Did you find um, completely absent places in your boundary? Um, Did you find no matter how you sense there was sort of no boundary at all? That's also a possibility. Um, For some people their boundaries are too close and they feel claustrophobic. Um, For most people the quality of their boundaries changes as you move around the body. You know, what's that? Their most boundaries are when people first start working with them are very different in the front than they are in the back, and different again from how they are on the sides. And for many people, the the sort of uh, side to front, the quarter, the kind of quarter panels, for many people are completely absent. It's like we have no awareness of ourselves in those. Um, dimensions. Um, so there's there's a lot to find in the boundaries, and and much of it is just an old energy habit, which you can um, work with the imagery that you find to transform it. Again, what is transform it strategically towards what you'd like it to be, um, and then the other aspect of what did you find. Um, is that our boundaries and what we find there can also be considered diagnostic. And that's the second thing I wanted to talk about in terms of um, energy body hygiene is if you find consistently that your boundaries have um, holes, then why those holes exist needs to be explored because that means energetically, no matter your good intentions, no matter how much you are trying to be um, to practice good energy hygiene in the world around you and with the people around you, if you have gaping holes in your boundary, you're going to be problematic for other people. Um, I mean, you're going to be problematic for yourself too, but you're also going to be problematic for other people. And so, in terms of wanting to cultivate this uh, awareness of hygiene, then um, the diagnostic aspect of understanding what's going on in your boundaries is important. Um, holes that persist no matter your good efforts, you know, 30 days working to fill a hole with nice golden energy from above and silver energy from below and working with it again and again and again and really making good choices in life and yet the hole persists is very likely talking about some sort of soul loss or power loss or um, some sort of um, indication that there's a much greater problem going on than just you and poor energy hygiene. And so the beauty of beginning to think about our energy body hygiene and, and the real serious and creative cultivation of healthy of a healthy energy body is that it's diagnostic. And again, it helps us know very clearly what the problem is so that we can be strategic about solving the problem versus doing what's worked for everybody else. 
because everybody else might have had the same symptoms around their energy body but a different problem causing it. So again, um, awareness is important. A lot of it you can work with on your own to transform. Um, But the beauty of the things that you can't transform is they are diagnostic in and of themselves. So those are the two things. The other things, couple things that I wanted to talk about is boundaries are – they are both energetic and our own practices around good boundary hygiene, energy body hygiene. But with boundaries in particular, there's also boundary behavior. Okay, so with healthy boundaries themselves, um, one of the things I'm noticing today that I think is a little bit problematic, um, a lot problematic actually, is all this talk about shielding and learning to shield. And ultimately, as you evolve as a person of skill and a person of consciousness, you will need to tear down your shielding. Because the problem with shielding is it shields you from yourself as well. And so the idea of shielding is um, it's kind of like diabetes 1 and diabetes 2. If you've created shields as a child, it was part of your, your efforts to survive. And those shields are what I consider natural shields. They came as a natural consequence of your life. And it's part of a normal adult's uh, contemporary adults process of looking what I find in my boundaries and taking down where I have over fortified and replacing those boundaries with something that is more flexible and appropriate for an adult but children very often fortify because they have stories about castles and they it's a very absolute experience being a child and often they just throw up this big castle wall in front of them to try to keep the bad guys out whatever that might be Um, to intentionally create shielding as an adult unless you are involved in very very high level um, and dangerous energy work Unless you're in that unique niche of work, for most of us, anyone who needs shielding needs it because they have terrible boundaries and grounding and that they are not working with their spirit help to protect. Because shielding is an extreme act. It's not a normal act. Boundaries are normal. Okay, so shielding and overfortifying is a common thing but somewhat misguided. Again, there's natural shielding that we do as children and shielding we might choose to do as adults and I would really strongly encourage you against that. Again, unless you're in that particular niche market of extremity. Then the other thing with many people is they've ignored their boundaries. So their boundaries are thin or gauzy, um, shredded, um, non-existent. Um, And what it means is that's just your habit. I mean I have – reasonably good boundaries now and I had none until I was in my 20s and so it's not a you know it's not a death sentence if you don't have them you don't have them that's important to know start working on creating them but there is the other side there's the over shielding over fortifying side of problems with boundaries and then there's the um, deficiency around boundaries as well so the qualities of good boundaries Really, um, if you want an image to work with for good boundaries, um, that would be uh, the membrane of a cell or a cell wall 
um, that does not sell wall doesn't always translate outside of English. Um, so I'm trying to be sensitive to people who are listening where English might not be your first language. But basically, the the membrane that that creates the wall of a cell that allows the cell to function, right? And that's really what our boundaries are doing. They are creating this sense of our self as an inherent piece of a larger energy system, just like a cell in your body is a piece of your larger body's system. And so our boundaries are like that. They, they function precisely the same. And so what you want with your boundaries, these are the qualities that you want to cultivate in healthy boundaries. Okay. One, that they are flexible. They respond uh, to the situation. So in situations that are very safe, there's a lot of love in the situation, maybe a lot of nature in the situation, maybe not so many people in the situation, your boundaries can expand out a little bit. When you're in your Qigong practice or your yoga practice, your boundaries can expand out a little bit. When you're in a in a, a tight or congested situation, like stepping onto a subway or walking through city streets or some sort of more urban environment, your boundaries are naturally going to want to come closer to you. If you're in a situation that is problematic, your boundaries are going to want to um, not only be, uh, it's not that they want to be further out or further in, they want to be on high alert. So that you're really paying attention to the intuitive senses your boundaries are sending into your awareness so that you know how to respond intuitively to the situation. Um, Like a situation where there's a high probability you're being lied to, something like that. Okay, So, so there's the flexibility aspect of the boundaries and then there's the intelligent aspect of the boundaries. So a cell membrane is intelligent. It knows what is nutritious for the cell and brings it in. And it knows what is toxic for the cell and it keeps it out. So the cell membrane is allows energy to move through it, but it's intelligent about what it allows in. And similarly, on the inside of the membrane of the cell, it does the same thing. It knows what is nutritious for the cell and keeps it inside so the cell can use it. And it knows what is waste, what has been used by the cell and expels it out. And so that's a really good intention to set in your boundary. Not only that it is 360 degrees, kind of egg-shaped, 360 degrees, um, that it is consistent, the same consistency all the way around, that it is flexible and responds intelligently to the situation that you're in, um, but also that the, the, the the membrane, the boundary itself is intelligent that it allows in what will nourish and support you, it keeps out what does not, and similarly on the inside. And so the last thing that I wanted to say about boundaries is it doesn't matter how fabulous you are in your cultivation of your boundaries if you're going to go out in the world and make and have poor boundary behavior, which means very simply you just say yes to things you should not say yes to and you say no to things your soul needs you to do. For most people, they say too many yeses uh, and not enough no's, right? But there's also that other quality of saying yes to the things that aren't really going to nourish and support you and saying no to those opportunities that are right for you. And so that's another important thing is your, your great boundary cultivation can be utterly destroyed by a series of poor decisions through the day. Um, so these are the qualities to think about as you kind of take the next step 
in having healthy energy boundaries. So I'd like to remind everyone that Why Shamanism Now is listener supported. And I'd like to give a special thanks to those of you who have been able to support the show financially, to Adrian and Rihanna, to Joni, Deborah, Carla, and all the listeners who have found the donate on whyshamanismnow.com button and donated. Any amount, large or small, it all goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And I am grateful for all of it. Um, thank you all for all the things that you do to support the show. We give uh, thanks for the ancestors that have gathered around us, the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. Thank you, everyone.